0: Well, we're back. Chapter 16 is back on the timeline. We're back to the bowl judgments, advancing in time. I was going to try and do 16 and 17 tonight, and then I said, you know what? 17 and 18 go together. So we're only doing 16 tonight, which is pretty much just the bowl judgments. So you might get out of here a little early tonight, actually. We'll see how that goes. Um, So, we're talking bowl judgments, and they're pretty short, so I think maybe I will just read some of them. Chapter 16, verse 1, then I heard a loud voice from the temple saying to the seven angels, go and pour out the bowls of the wrath of God on the earth. If you remember in 15, we saw the seven angels go get their bowls filled with the wrath of God. Now he says, go out and pour them out. So the first bowl, so the first went and poured out his bowl upon the earth and a foul and loathsome sore came upon the men who had the mark of the beast and those who had worshipped his image. So some people try and compare these Seven bowl or vile judgments um, to some of the earlier ones. And some of them are similar, some of them are not. <clears throat> um, so, this first one is um, kind of like the boils that showed up in one of the earlier judgments. But this specifically says this is only coming upon those who had the mark of the beast, and those who worshipped his image. So it's pretty specific who gets this. Now, I just want to reiterate, because it, it, I lose track of this every once in a while. So it's good to, to be refreshed in that there's a lot of unrepentant people still living on the earth, even in the midst of the first Trump uh, seal and trumpet judgments and some of these people have accepted Christ there are still Christians people who have accepted Christ on the earth they're getting fewer as the days go by but they're still there so that's what it says only those who had received the mark of the beast now seems like that would cause trouble for the Christians because unless you put fake boils or sores on (laughs) Well, how come you're not hurting? Well, (laughs) so they are still being persecuted and being hunted down probably to be killed. So they're either in hiding or God has hid them away someplace or somewhere or somehow. But they're still here and they're still struggling to survive. Now these bowls are, it doesn't really call out a time frame. But as, you, as we look at them, they, they are so damaging to the earth that life could not have gone on normally for a very long period of time after these judgments. Second bowl. Then the second angel poured out his bowl on the sea, and it became blood as of a dead man, and every living creature in the sea died. Well, we saw in the the first seal and trumpet judgments that a third of the sea became blood. And it doesn't say that everything died in it. Now, everything uh, in the sea is dead. And of course, now the population of the earth has been significantly reduced, but... Um, a large part of the world receives its primary protein from the sea, from the ocean. Well, they're not getting it anymore. It's done. It's gone. And there's a great stink (laughs) because everything is dead. The third bowl. Then the third angel poured out his bowl on the rivers and springs of water, and they became blood. Okay, so first the oceans, then the springs and the rivers of water, everything. And I heard the angel of the waters saying, first of all, it's interesting to find out that there is an angel of the waters. We don't know what his, that angel's responsibility was, but obviously it had something to do with the waters of the earth. <clears throat> saying, you are righteous, O Lord, the one who is, and who was, and who is to be, because you have judged these things. For they have shed the blood of saints and prophets, and you have given them blood to drink, for it is their just due. And I heard another from the altar saying, Even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are your judgments. So, The angels are uh, agreeing with these judgments as they show up on the earth. The fourth bowl. Then the fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun, and power was given to him to scorch men with fire. And men were scorched with great heat, and they blasphemed the name of God who had power over these plagues, and they did not repent and give him glory. So let's let's look at that first a little bit. So I think by this time, the men on earth, the people on earth, know where these plagues are coming from. They're coming from God above. The angels have proclaimed it. It's The two witnesses have proclaimed it. The 144,000 Jewish men have proclaimed it. I don't think it has not gone out to all the earth. But still, they blaspheme the name of God, who they acknowledge had power over these plagues, and they do not repent and give him glory. Um, So, here's just a little bit of Vern's speculation and relating this to in the news today. So one of the things that scientists are talking about, and and is a documented fact, is that the North Pole is wandering, not wandering, it's moving, away from its position up at the top of the Earth. And uh, what the scientists are saying is that there's likely a flipping of the North and South Poles coming, which happens periodically through the Earth's history. Okay, let's do a little physics. Science, it's a thing. So, the Earth's magnetic field, scientists believe, is generated by this core of molten iron that's spinning. And if that slows down or tips or readjusts itself somehow internally, or like you're spinning a top. you Have ever spun a top of the kind that flips up well the magnetic field could do that same thing because of that spinning core of iron inside the earth. So the magnetic field points up let's say and it's just lines fields of force. Well if the if the uh, spinning metal inside the earth does the right thing it'll flip down. The earth stays in place, it doesn't move physically but all your compasses are now gonna point south or to the south pole instead of to the north pole because the magnetic lines of force have flipped end for end. It doesn't happen very often, no. In the, in the, in the history of the earth so far, it, it hasn't happened very often, but it is a thing. One of the consequences of that, <laughs> it's a long story to get to the consequences. One of the consequences is thats that is that the magnetic field protects us from the solar wind. You know, the sun is constantly giving off not only light and heat, but particles. And those particles bombard the earth and the magnetic field kind of routes them around and shoots them out the backside. Well, during a time of flipping, the magnetic field is considerably weakened and so the earth would get blasted by all of those solar particles, which are hot. So, that's a potential for the scorching that the bowl, because it says it pours it out on the sun. So the sun might, there's lots of other ways it could go. But I just wanted to get a little science in here tonight. Okay, that was the fourth bowl fifth bowl. Then the fifth angel poured out his bowl on the throne of the beast and his kingdom became full of darkness and they gnawed their tongues because of the pain. They blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores and did not repent of their deeds. So this is similar to Moses' ninth plague we saw darkness over Egypt but not over the land of Goshen where Jacob and his sons lived. That's in Exodus 10 and 21. So it's similar to that. It says that darkness came over the kingdom of the of the, um, of the beast. So uh, I must, I'm assuming that that's a limited region. Don't know how big. And that the rest of uh, or some parts of the world still had light and again they blasphemed the name of God and oh and so the pains probably doesn't say that there's new ones added but sounds like still the sores from the first plague are still causing trouble um, and there's sores it says in 11 okay Fifth, that's a fifth bowl. Sixth bowl. Then the sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river Euphrates, and its water was dried up, so that the way of the kings from the east might be prepared. Okay, I'm going to stop there. So um, the Euphrates River pretty much runs um, through Iraq down. The uh, between Iraq and Iran down to the red, down to the uh, sea. And it does, it is a natural barrier between, uh, that that is hard to cross. Um, now there's several things that this could be a result of. One is that there have been a large number of dams placed on the Euphrates River under man's control and Man might just shut all the dams up and hold back a big flood of water and dry up the river. Or from the fourth bowl and the sun getting extremely hot, it could dry up the river. And there was also, we learn even from the first half of the tribulation, there was drought and famine. The the two witnesses caused no rain to fall for the three and a half years. So it just might be lack of rain. So, again, could be natural, could be supernatural, but uh, it opens up a pathway, it says, so that the kings of the east might be able to come through. And then we've got a little strange story here. And I saw three unclean spirits, like frogs. Coming out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. For they are spirits of demons, performing signs which go out to the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. Okay? Don't really know why they are called frogs. Whether they look like frogs. Can't answer that one for you. But the interesting thing that I find in here is they have a job to do. They have a task. And I really believe that that task has been given to them by God Almighty. He is still in control of these demons and is putting them to his purposes and his use. And their job, that their task that they've been given is to go to the ends of the earth, to the kings of the earth, the rulers of the earth, and prepare them to come to the place of the final battle. We call that place uh, Armageddon. And that is what... So so we see here that um, we don't get to the battle of Armageddon until chapter 19. 17 and 18 are kind of a another of those let's stop for a minute and just look at some of the spiritual and theological implications of all that's been going on it doesn't really advance a timeline it's just a, a discussion and a and a explanation of some of the symbologies and some of the things that John is seeing so 19 we have the the battle and so here these kings are being prepared to come to the battle well how long does it take king to come to a battle you know there's still logistics Uh, he's still got to get all of his horses all of his men in armor suits in whatever in tanks hard to say what all they're bringing to the battlefield with them at this point in time there's not much left right but they're coming anyway so i mean you know it doesn't do me any good to say a time frame but it doesn't take that long weeks months short short period of time And think about it, with the oceans as blood, the rivers and streams as blood, unless you've got some large cistern tucked away of fresh water, you can go three days without water. So just that alone says that the time is short. Because just these people are not going to be living very long. Now certainly some people have probably, when they saw the third of the oceans and the third of the rivers and stream get turned to blood, they probably started stockpiling water. You know, it seems like a reasonable thing to think of. But still, it isn't going to last them long because there is no source of fresh water left on the earth. Now 15 starts another discourse, and this is Jesus himself speaking. Um, "Behold, I am coming as a thief." Well, where does he say that? He says that in Matthew 24 and 25. <clears throat> "Blessed is he who watches and keeps his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame." He's like, "Where'd that come from? <laughs> What's that all about? Well, I did find an answer to that one. So in the Old Testament temple, the priests, we've talked about the, the temple and some of the, some of the services and different things, but there was a, a morning sacrifice and a, and a morning service, and there was an evening sacrifice and an evening service that went on. And, and basically these services were 12 hours long. So <clears throat> the temple was always had priests in it serving before the throne of God at the altar at the, doing the the sacrifices there was singing there was always something going on in the temple 24, 24 hours a day Well the um the night watch the the, the Jewish people broke um the 12 hours into four watches, I think of three hours each, Yep. So the, the fourth watch from 3 p.m. to 6, 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. was always the toughest watch, right? Because there probably wasn't a lot of stuff going on. How many of you ever had to work a night job that went to the morning hours? Mm-hmm. That I, I did the same thing. I, I used to dispatch at a sheriff's office and work that night shift. And that, between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. was just hard to stay awake. Because, you know, up in Rosa County, there's not a lot going on in those that time of the night. Ultimately, you had to get breakfast ready for whoever was in the jail cells. But it was tough to just stay awake. And so the same thing with the priests. The priests that were there serving on the 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. watch could have a tendency to fall asleep. Well... There was also the, <clears throat> the, the, uh, the temple guard, and they would go around and just check up on these priests sometimes. And if they found you sleeping, uh, they would disrobe you and burn all your clothes and send you out, send you home. But still, now I'll go back and read this. Blessed is he who watches and keeps his garments lest he walk naked and they see his shame. (laughs) So, uh, you know, John, well, now that I think that's Jesus describing what's going on, but but John was uh, believed to have an association with the priesthood. So he knew some of these stories and some of these things that were going on. So this would have made perfect sense to him. And I think it's an admonition to us that, Yes, the hour is late, but we need to keep watching as well. We've got to stay on our watch. We don't want to be embarrassed <laughs> by going out of the temple naked and having our clothes burned in a pile of ashes. So we need to stay watching as well. And then the last verse in the six bowl section, it says, And they gathered them, now we're talking back again about the, the frog spirits, and they gathered them, the kings of the earth and their armies, together to the place called in Hebrew Armageddon. We won't see Armageddon again until chapter 19. All right, the seventh bowl. You see how quickly these are going? There's just bing, bang, 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 bing. Then the seventh angel poured out his bowl into the air. And a loud voice came out of the temple of heaven from the throne saying, It is done. Now, we all know that we've been told that Satan is the prince of the power of the air. I think that's probably why this was being poured into the air. It just, it was taking all power and all authority. Whatever Satan had left was being removed. Um, And there were noises, and thunderings, and lightnings, and there was a great earthquake, such a mighty and great earthquake as had not occurred since men were on the earth. Now the great city, and I'm taking the great city to be Jerusalem, was divided into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell. I'm um, just going to give you an example there, the great cities of the, of the, na- of the nations fell. Um, how many have heard of the Ring of Fire? Okay. The Ring of Fire basically describes uh, fault zones or tectonic plates that go under Alaska, go along the west coast of the United States all the way down the west coast of South America through uh, the north side of Australia, back up the east side of Africa, and up through Japan, Korea, China, on the east, on the east coast of those countries. And then it's a, it's a great circle of this fault line. If that fault line were to go, and of course, where do a lot of the greatest cities of the world reside? They reside on the coasts of the land. So if this great earthquake upsets, I would guess, upsets probably most of the tectonic plates of the earth, you can see that Los Angeles, San Francisco, Chile, uh, Seattle, Tokyo, Seoul, South Korea, uh, Melbourne, Australia, Sydney, All of these great cities would probably be lying in ruins. And if it's as great as the Bible describes, can you imagine the tsunamis that come as a result of all of this going on? So it's bad. Um, And great Babylon was remembered before God um, to give her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath, okay? We're going to be talking about Babylon in 17 and 18, so I'm not going to spend too much time there. But Babylon is uh, definitely going to feel the wrath of God. Then every island fled away, and the mountains were not found. And I'm taking that literally. I mean, I'm taking that literally. If you can imagine a tsunami washing, st- you remember the, um, the 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 huge tsunami that impacted uh, what was it, Malaysia, uh, oh, early two thousands. It it um, struck Malaysia, and um, it was devastating. I mean, there was thousands and thousands of people killed. Um, But that tsunami actually sloshed across the Pacific Ocean and came back and struck again. Not as bad, but can you imagine? I mean, when the earth rings like a bell from an earthquake, the oceans create these waves that go back and forth. Now, if you're in Hawaii and you get... I wouldn't want to be in Hawaii... Because I think Hawaii will basically be back under the water again. I, I don't know. Burns, thoughts. And the mountains were not found. Now, if you remember, how do mountains form? They form at these um, zones where the where the earth coming together, and it comes together, and the great pressure forces the mountains up and up and up. Well, if that pressure gets relieved and the plates move around and come apart, the mountains could go down, down, down. So, you know, again, it could all be supernatural, but there's a lot of physical processes that could be doing this as well. Um, okay, now we get to the great hail. And great hail from heaven fell upon men, Each hailstone about the weight of a talent, and it says a talent of silver was about 100 to 125 pounds. Okay? So these are big hailstones. And what was the result? Men blasphemed God because of the plague of the hail, and since that plague was exceedingly great. So, chapter 16 is the seven last judgments from God. In fact, I think God says it's done where it's done. Now, like I said, 17 and 18 are kind of an interlude, not advancing the timeline so much as just describing more of the spiritual and and symbolic things that have been going on and the meaning of some of those things. I think we're going to try and get through those last or next week.